peace, love, blessings to you all, beautiful spirits. Thank you for tuning in to the Spirits and Poetry Podcast. I am your host, Jorge Quintana. This episode is on managing disappointment. How do we manage disappointment? If you like the podcast and you want to support the con- continue to support the growth, please rate and review on iTunes. And also follow on Instagram at the Spirits and Poetry, especially because with this new job that I have, I find myself more busy and I'm, I'm struggling on, on keeping regular episodes. Uh, like I'm recording this Saturday. The upload is tomorrow, Sunday. So I, I find myself falling behind. So uh, follow on Instagram just in case, you know, that maybe I'll postpone a month or a week or I, I'm still unsure how long I'm going to continue this season before I retreat into a hiatus. So Instagram is, is, is where, where to be to get all those updates. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram personally at Jorge Quintana Poetry. And, you know, on my Instagram, I've been playing a lot with poems, uh, experimenting with a little longer ones. Normally, I prefer shorter ones for social media, but I've been trying to play around with, with my style of writing. Now, that's where I'm currently experimenting. I had an experimental freestyle poetry night that ended up on Facebook Live, but it was all about challenging myself as a writer. If any of you know my work, my, my, my work can be heavy. Yes, there is the, the love poetry side, but more than anything, I, I, re- I really transfer a lot of my pain into my written work. And right now I'm trying a, a more comedic style, not, not fully comedy, but I want to incorporate more laughter. I think that a master storyteller can make you laugh and cry in the same story, oftentimes within moments of each other. And I've really been learning a lot from my good friend Ike Torres, who actually has a show coming up in September. It's called The Cosmic Ray of Sunshine, and he's just a phenomenal, masterful writer. And I've talked about him before on the podcast, but he has this piece, I think it's called Fat Boy. And that piece is, it's so funny and so tragic. And like, there are moments when I'm on the verge of tears where he takes us into this depth of, of, of despair. And then he fucking breaks it and makes you cry, you know, laugh your ass off. Like, like that's, that's where I want to get in, into my work. And, and I've become more comfortable with being vulnerable. But now I want to challenge myself with a vulnerability, vulnerability that is also comedic. Because li- life can be very funny in, in a tragic way, which is why I'm talking about disappointment this episode. How do we manage our disappointment where, let's be honest, you know. Life's, life's, things are going to go wrong in our life. There's no such thing as a bulletproof plan. In fact, um, you know, we, we often talk about in the spiritual community, the, the plan or the, the, the foundation laid out by a grand architect. And often the question comes up of, is there a master plan? And in a lot of religious circles, the answer is yes, that there is a, a deity, a a grand being that has laid forth some grand plan for humanity in, 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 in the level of not just the, the, the ascension of the species, but the evolution of the individual. And when we get into certain, you know, uh, spiritual teachings like hermeticism, you know, and as well as chaos magic, uh, it, there comes that emphasis on free will where yeah, there may be some kind of um, 
plan or some kind of goal for every individual spirit, but you still have the free will to choose how you want to get there. That's the fundamental that's the fundamental principle of the law of one, which is if you haven't heard of the law of one, I highly recommend it. It's in I think it was recorded in like the nineteen eighties and it's a spe- it's a series of channeled interviews where a channeler is um speaking or they're they're channeling Ra, an entity known as I am Ra. And the the interviewer is asking Ra all kinds of questions about human history and 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 just kind of like all these spiritual questions that we don't have answers to. And I am Ra, I think is uh I think a sixth dimensional entity, could be seventh. I believe they're sixth and and they just kind of share their their individual or their collective knowledge because according to I am Ra, what ends up happening is individuals who were called a, a body memory complex can eventually like amalgamate into a complex. Like it's like it's like if all of us here on earth, you know, uh, collectively agree that we are one, we eventually become one entity or something like that. I, I forget the exact wording on the memory complex, body complex, the theorem or, or knowledge. I, I don't know whether they call it a truth or not, because again, uh, you know, everything's subjective. But when, when we wonder, is there a plan, you know, uh, you know, laid out for us? And if there is a plan, how do we engage with it on our free will? Because, you know, I feel like as humans, we all have this conflict of want versus need. What we want to do versus what our spirit needs us to do. For example, today my spirit needed me to uh, switch out my altar cloth and cleanse my room. My spirit it just kept bothering me. It was just, I was trying to meditate and it was just this disturbance. Like something wasn't right. And I can, my room isn't necessarily dirty, but it can get a little messy. I, I call it my designated spaces of chaos where oh, my overall, my room is clean, but then like on my bookshelf or in my closet, it'll be messy. And what ends up happening is after a while, I feel just so restless and when I feel really restless, it's like, okay, something's bothering me. I'm avoiding something. In this case, I needed to switch my altar cloth because what I do is, at least the way I organize myself is, my well, the, your altar is a representation of you. That's why you should put, you know, pictures and, you know, foods, um, you know, whatever, crystals, everything that, that makes you feel like, okay, this is you. And on the north, you have the earth. In the south, you have fire. On the east, you have air, and on the west, you have water. And that's like the, the way the elements are organized, and you can fill it with whatever. But one thing about setting up an altar is you have to maintain your altar. If you let your altar get dusty, guess what's going to happen? That the dust of life is going to come and clutter your life. If you let it get dirty, then you will find your life tainted. You know, if, if you're someone that sets out, you know, foods and fruits for your ancestors, and you don't feed them for a while, like the fruit is all moldy, how, you know, how are they going to support you when you're feeding them, you know, rotten fruit? So if you decide to have an altar or if you have one, you got to maintain it. And, and that kind of work feels like so difficult to do maintenance, right? You got you to keep the dust off. You got to keep it clean. But also, um, what kind of color altar cloth are you setting? I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I feel like it's very relevant. The, the color of your altar cloth is important because that's really what's going to influence all the energies around you. I typically organize it on colors of the chakras. So 
Um, my previous altar cloth was red because I really needed to ground myself. I needed some help with my career. I needed support in just coming back together. Now, I changed it to another chakra color to work on something else. And that, that's the way I organize it. And um, it's not always like you're going to use an individual color. Some people like multiple. Some people like sarape style where you have all these different colorful displays. Ultimately, though, take care of your altar, especially if you're lighting candles on it. That was been my biggest thing. I didn't have a proper candle holder, so I just get that candle wax all over. Regardless, you need to maintain your personal space. My mom would always say, uh, your room is a reflection of your conscience. Your car is a reflection of your conscience. So if you have a friend or if you yourself have a messy ass room, that's what, you know, that's how your insides are like. That's how your conscience is messy, cluttered. I'm not saying that it's preferable to have a clean space, but when you have a clean space, when you organize it, it's easier to wade through when something's bothering you. Like, for example, disappointment disappointment is going to hit us in our life and it's going to hit us all you know damn near every day things are going to go wrong things are going to go wrong in our life and it's going to go back to that struggle of want versus need so for example let's say that you just got a brand new job and you got a, you got more money than you know what to do with and uh, you're just coming you know, from a time of struggle of, of budgeting, right? Your last job, you had to budget everything. You know, you were barely making ends meet. And now you have a job where you can buy whatever you want. And so you're looking. You're looking at new TVs, new game systems, new toys to play with. Maybe you're looking at a new car, whatever it is. You're looking at things to spend on, but you're not finding anything satisfying. Now you're unhappy because you got this new job. You can finally have anything that you want, but you don't know what you want. Nothing seems like it's good enough because you're looking at what you want. You're not looking at what you need. Maybe during this time, what you need is to establish a strong foundation of savings of money that you can fall back on because deep down, you know full well that the line between wealth and poverty is super, super thin. Life is both a steep climb uphill and a slippery slope downhill. And, and that's the line that we have to walk, knowing that to ascend, to grow, to evolve is going to take so much struggle. But it is so easy to get dragged back down into unhealthy, destructive habits. So how do you manage that? I, th I think for me, at least from my perspective, because I don't think there's ever one right answer to anything. I, th I think that when we struggle with disappointment, we got to let ourselves feel it. I think that in the spiritual community, community, there's this attitude of, okay, something goes wrong. We're coping negatively. We have to snap out of it. A lot of people in the spiritual community, myself included, we often don't let ourselves feel angry, disappointed, betrayed, because we feel like, oh, we know better, right? We know that in this in instance, I'm reacting, I'm not responding. And what oftentimes ends up happening is we, we go down this cycle where we invalidate our own emotions and our own experiences. And when it comes to disappointment, we can't do that. Because we have, to, we have to sit with that feeling that whatever our goal was, whatever we tried to do, we failed. We failed. We have to sit with that. You have to sit with that reality if you try to avoid it. If you try to go, oh, well, this or that, try to make up excuses. It's only going to get worse for you down the line. 
And I, I feel like when it comes to anger, disappointment, you know, that frustration, at least for me, the healthiest thing to do is to sit with it. Let yourself be one with it. You know, if if, if you miss out on, on, on an opportunity and you're depressed, let yourself be depressed. Let yourself cope. Let yourself be angry. Lash out. As long as you're not like hurting other people, do it. Because then what ends up happening is you're able to express your emotions. You have to express those emotions. You have to. You have to feel them. You can't ignore them. You can't pile them away. Every emotion that you suppress is going to manifest in your subconscious. And that's why we have people that are very unconsciously angry or passive aggressive and they don't realize that they're doing it. You have to express your emotions and especially with disappointment. It sucks having to go to sleep knowing you failed. It sucks having to wake up with it. It sucks having to move on with it. It would be beautiful to live in a world where everything goes right for everyone. But you know, you learn about yourself. You learn about who you truly are. You really see your, your, your true sense of passion and commitment when things go wrong, when things don't go your way, when you do your best and still it is not enough. And, and that's how you know what you really want to do versus what you feel like you need to or, or when you're pushing so desperately for what you want and you're neglecting what you need. When it comes to disappointment, it's, it's important to first sit with it. Like Bruce Lee said, if you want to be rid of the disease, you have to first be one with it. You have to go with it. You have to keep company with it. And disappointment is the kind of emotion, the kind of feeling that it'll, it'll go away. Like it, it will not necessarily that it goes away, but it, 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 it fades. And it may still be there until you overcome it. But it stings at first, but slowly that pain will recede and it will recede. And the best way that I've found to deal with it is to, is to be one with it, to acknowledge that you failed, to be resentful towards the universe, towards God, towards whatever, you know, deity you pray to or believe in. Let yourself be angry because, yo, like, what kind of reality is this? Like, re- re- realistically, I don't know how much choice we had to be alive, right? I know people talk about how we choose to incarnate here. But I wonder at what level did we have an agreement that we wanted to live, right? That we wanted to be thought into existence. Did we have an, a, a say in that? I don't know. So whatever situation led to us being here, I think that it's okay to be angry about it sometimes. Because this earth we live in can be very unfair and very cold. And it's some bullshit, honestly. It's some fucking bullshit. But then, once you're able to be at peace with that, once you're able to say, I failed, and you could be angry, you could do whatever you need to do to fucking let it go. If you're willing to try again, that's how you know that's the path you need to be on. When you can sleep with the most bitter taste in your mouth and still wake up wanting to try it one more time until you get it right. Until you, you, you get what you need out of that situation. But there's no perfect way to go about it. I mean, maybe for you, you need to scream it out or just vent it out and then boom, you're fine. I think for those of us that are a little more detached, uh, it takes us a little longer. Because emotions aren't secondhand nature to us. So we, we need a little bit. We need, we need a system, a process. I think if you could come up with a system for yourself, a ritual 
that whenever you feel something, you have certain things laid out for yourself to do. Maybe you go get a manicure, a pedicure. Maybe you go to a spa. Maybe you go to the chiropractor. Maybe you go on a run. Maybe you work out. Maybe you have ice cream set aside for it. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter how healthy or unhealthy it can get or how weird or how normal it can seem. As long as you can do it and then bounce back, I think that you're, you're in the right place. I feel like during this time, I, I've been so disconnected from the truth or just from like the sacred knowledge. I don't really look up like uh, spiritual teachings like I used to. I don't really look at them at all. Um, I, I'm not really interested in, in the universe's secrets. Hermeticism is still interesting, but I don't really care. You know, I feel like, you know, as much as people want to say, oh, this is what you need to know to ascend or to evolve. It's like, to me, it's like the way animals know it's their time to die. You know, elephants retreat into their own, you know, space of solitude. You know what I mean? Like animals know what to do. When they die, they know what to do when they're born. Like you have all these little sea turtles who are born. And the moment they're born, they know I have to get into that water or else I'll die. I think it's like that. I don't feel like we need a system laid out. I, you know, I, 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 I spend a lot of time trying to find the secrets to have an easy life. Only to realize that's, that's impossible for me. I cannot have an easy life. My life will be one of trials and tribulations, and it will be difficult. There will be a lot of limitations. But that's why I will come out on the other side mighty, and you will know me, and you will know that I am him. You will know, and the same goes for you. You will be known. You will come out on the other side, and we will know your name. We will know your essence. Even if, we don't, even if we do not know you in this life as you are, we will know. You will be a myth laid out for us to chase after the stars. You will be that. It just takes belief in self. And that's the hardest thing to do. Believe in yourself. Trust in yourself. Trust in your path. But if you've been struggling with disappointment, no, you are not alone. And it's not going to go away until you either let go of what you're chasing or you commit to it again and again and again. And then... You can find something worthwhile. Peace, love, and blessings, beautiful spirits. Thank you for sitting through this talk. I appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to the podcast. Please rate and review on iTunes and follow on Instagram at The Spirits and Poetry. Much love.